Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back with new episodes in 2017, telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and if you'd like to get involved with Diabetics Doing Things, all you have to do is shoot me an email or reach out via Instagram. What's up, everybody? Rob Howe here. Uh, Just wanted to throw some gratitude your way this afternoon because we just crossed over 25,000 downloads all time for Diabetics Doing Things, and I owe that all to you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It totally makes my day whenever you tell me that the podcast has affected you positively in some way. So keep listening. I appreciate you to the max. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hello, welcome back to Diabetics Doing Things. We're back with new episodes in 2017, and today I couldn't be more excited for our guest. Uh, From New York, joining us is Lauren Bongiorno. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. I uh, I've been really looking forward to this interview, and I think uh, you know, even in the short time that we've been talking this morning, um, I you know, I really, really, really want to dive in. It's extremely, uh, you know, I'm excited that you came on. Um, for those of you guys who are not familiar with Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I have had diabetes since I was seven. I am going to be 24 this year. I am on a Omnipod. I'm recently an Omnipod user, just switched from a mini med to an Omnipod about, I want to say like three weeks ago, almost a month. And I am a diabetic health coach, yoga instructor, boot camp instructor from New York. Um, so I guess that's my little short bio there. <laughs> that's that short bio, and like I definitely want to remember that because I want to talk to you specifically about like changing and like you know changing your treatment method. Obviously, like I mean, even after having you know seventeen years in, right? Like there's always some sort of new curveball, right? Oh yes, it's like I and once you get used to having like being in your set ways, it's like oh, but it's kind of working. Like, do I really want to change? Like, and then of course there's the getting used to something new. But I mean, I've had I lo- I absolutely love it just because it's wireless, the Omnipod. Um, and I just feel like for my lifestyle because I'm so active, not having that wire attached. Like sometimes I'll get out of like the shower and I'll be like, oh my god, I, I didn't put my pump back on, and I'm like, oh wait, like I don't have to plug anything back on. And, just on me so it's it's I love I just I love it I'm having good good results with it and I think that suits your lifestyle specifically and I think you know when you guys you and I were talking a little bit earlier uh, you know it's not just health it's not just fitness it's also sort of the holistic lifestyle so talk a little bit about you know how you you know your philosophy in terms of you know health and wellness yeah, so, and I mean, there's so much behind my philosophy because it's my life experience and kind of what I went through in my journey that has gotten me to this point. Um, but my philosophy is is that I don't think that there's, I think that it's not just about diabetes, right? We're so much more than diabetics. Um, diabetes is what we have. It's not who we are. And my whole my whole motto, I guess, life motto that I live by is decide and conquer. Um, you only have one mind, one body, you know, one chance. We get, we get one life. So let's make it the best we possibly can. Let's be the healthiest and happiest we can. And let's look at all the areas in our life that are impacting that. So a lot of times we'll just look at nutrition or we'll just look at our diabetes numbers. Um, And it's so much more than that. And so I know we'll probably get a little bit more into this, but with my, in my diabetic health coaching with, with clients, it's, 
they come to me with goals, whether it's I want to increase my insulin sensitivity or I want to lower my A1C, I want to have more predictable blood sugar numbers, I want to lose weight, I want to start, you know, a new a nutrition plan or diet or, um, you know, workout that I want to stick to and I don't want to just have to start over every single Monday. And, you know, if we we want to get there, we have to look at where they are, look at where they want to be, and then bridge the gap in between. And what's so important is not to just keep your blindfolds on and just look at one thing, but look at everything. So look at stress management, look at exercise, look at nutrition, look at home environment, look at their career, look at their relationships in their life. Um, are they in you know toxic relationships? Is that you know making them you know upset deep down and making them binge eat at nighttime? Like what is it? It's so interrelated, all of the different areas. And um, it really, it's when you're able, it's when I'm able to sit with somebody and they come to me on day one, they're like, I'm, you know, I, my blood sugars are, you know, 400 or even like, you know, 300 when I wake up and I, I just don't understand why I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm in a slump. I can't get out of it. I've, and I'm like, what have you tried? And they're like, well, I've just, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I, I correct it. And then, you know, I try to, I try to do better the next day. Um, and a lot of the times it's because we don't take the time to slow down and be mindful of, okay, let's backtrack. Let's see exactly what's going on um, and look at it from all different areas, all different perspectives, just like I was saying before. And then you break it down and see which area you're not really fulfilled in and how can we build it up using the tools and, uh, and little tricks that we can. No, I, I, th I think you really nailed it. I mean, I, and I really wanted to sort of focus on a couple things that you that you said. There's so much information to like pick through, obviously, but... Um, I want to focus a little bit on like the maybe non like outside of your typical diabetes questions. So uh, you mentioned stress and like stress management, um, mm. and I know you'll re this will hopefully you know spark some more conversations between you and I because I know you were an athlete, um, or you you know still are an athlete, but we're like a Division One athlete. Um, for me, when I was an athlete playing basketball in college, I would get so worked up during game time that I would get like a fasting blood sugar would go from like 80 to 400 in within an hour with no stimulus, no sugar. So, um, talking about, you know, just managing stress, like I had to come up with a new way to approach a game. Otherwise I couldn't, you know, perform very well because I felt terrible. But anyway, all that to say is how, how often does something like stress or like you said, a career or a toxic relationship, how often do you see that that is affecting, um, you know, someone's blood sugar or, uh, or outlook or, uh, you know, preparation with their diabetes, uh, rather than just like a simple, like diet or exercise. Oh, it's so for me and even in my journey, and this is what made me want to go into integrative nutrition. And just because for me, I realized that my, my blood sugars, if they were high when they were, you know, when I was before I had this, you know, transformation or whatnot, which we can talk a little bit more about after, but, um, I was I was looking at once I started realizing like how everything is so interrelated and I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition I was like okay well my blood sugars are super high especially for me like in the morning time and you know what 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 what's the reason and then I would say okay well I'm eating after dinner and I, I'm eating the chocolate and popcorn and like it was like the minute I would put my fork down at after dinner it was like I had this like addiction to like going to the pantry and like getting all the food and like no matter how like I knew it was wrong I was like well that's why my blood sugar is like I'm waking up so high obviously because of the delayed ref um, effect even if my blood sugar was like 130 before bed it would go high because of the fat in the middle of the night and so for me it was like realizing that no matter how much like I 
didn't, like I said to myself, don't eat it, like don't eat it, don't eat it. It was because I was really unhappy like with myself and where I was in my own life. Um, this was happening mainly like in college and, um, you know, I, to go a little bit deeper into my story, I was a division one soccer player. I went to school my whole entire life was to get to play division one soccer. It was like I, every training, every, you know, travel team and every, you know, all of that, every college showcase, it was to get to division one soccer. And then I got there and I played and I shortly realized throughout the four years of being in college that I didn't love it anymore. And that was really hard for me because my whole life I identified as a soccer player and that was my whole identity. And the reason why I didn't love it was just because I didn't really click well with um, the teammates and um, just like, you know, some some stuff I really didn't ha couldn't have a life. Like I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to study abroad if I was playing soccer. I really couldn't like socialize. Like the girls on the team would get a little bit like just mad if I didn't socialize with um, you know, just them. And I was like talking to any, like they call them NARPs, like non-athletic regular people, <laughs> like <laughs> college. And I was just like, I'm such a personal, I want to like meet everybody. I want to like have this college experience. And so, um, I took yoga actually as a, um, as an extra credit for just like a random class. Like they were like, you have to pick a PE credit. And I was like, all right, I've never done yoga. That sounds relaxing though. It's like a, sounds like I could get a good stretch in like as to like compliment, you know, soccer and everything. And every single time I left yoga class, I just felt this like, this like peace. And it was like so much more than just like the poses or just moving. It was like the way that the teacher like instructed you to like breathe and just be present and like let go of anything that's not serving you. And I think it, I didn't realize it at first, but it, you know, really just helped me realize like, why am I doing something that I'm so like, I'm not, I'm not happy. It's not making me happy. And so anyways, I, I left, I ended up deciding not to stop playing soccer um, midway through college. And from there I had no identity and my instinct, my body was to go because I felt out of control in that area of my life. My instinct was to control what I can control. And that was my diabetes, my nutrition and my exercise. And I became super, 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 super like, obsessed with perfect blood sugar numbers, perfect nutrition. I would exercise for like, I would run for like 60, like an hour to an hour and a half every single day, like seven days a week without no rest. And like, I thought in my head, like, okay, like this is the more control I have, like the more happier I'll, I will be, like the more weight I lose, I'll be happier or like the better blood sugars I have, like I'll be happier. And those are all things we want to strive for, like just a healthy mind and body and good blood sugar numbers, but not in the way that I was doing it. And so I would sometimes like have this like restrict for three months because I was, you know, so just stressing my body out. And then I'd like end up like binging for like a week straight on like food and everything at nighttime. And then I'd wake up, of course, with like the super 400 blood sugar numbers. And it took me a while to, you know, figure out that I was binging at nighttime, not because for no reason, it was because I was really unhappy with myself. And I was really unhappy with not knowing who I was. And I think that was that was really what ha what helped me realize that it you know it's so much more than just nutrition because you can tell somebody okay like don't binge eat at nighttime but if you're not addressing the underlying issues, um, you know, and you're constantly stressed out and you're stressing your body out or you know you're you can't you can't you it's you can't just put a bandaid on and just say okay let's remove the food like if you bring the food back the problem is still going to persist. So, so how much of that is just 
being worried about the wrong things, right? Because um, I think, you know, you it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in the blood sugar numbers or the weight or the number of minutes exercised every day or whatever the case may be. But, you know, talk about, you know, the importance, of, and I think it comes back to your sort of philosophy holistically. Um, we can't hold on too tight to those things, right? What is the, what, what's the solution there? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so that is literally like, that's something I'm very passionate about is how can we take control of the things that we can take control of, but also at the same time have acceptance, love for ourselves, and know that we can't control everything and for those things we need to let go of. Um, but I think that the underlying first step is really to find acceptance and love for yourself, um, no matter who you are. If you're seeking it from somebody else or outwardly or you're seeking attention or whatever it is, um, you're, you're never going to be fulfilled. You need to be happy in your own body, whether you have diabetes or you're anybody else. And you need to find that love for yourself first. And then you also need to treat your body like you love it and not that you hate it. So do these things out of love and not out of fear. Don't, you know, exercise or, or you know, have to eat healthy because you're fearful of gaining weight or you're fearful and you're obsessed with needing to be perfect. It's not about that. Um, it's about doing the best that you can. And, you know, I think that I've found a way where that works best for me that I can have a balance between taking control of my diabetes, having really, really good tight blood sugar numbers, but also enjoying life and not approaching that as an obsessive, like controlling, you know, def you know, negative mindset, I guess you would say. Um, and so I think I found a really good balance for myself. Um, and the whole thing starts, you know, comes back to taking control of what you can and letting go of what you can't. Like, for instance, I'll be really real here. here. Yeah. <laughs> my blood sugar in the middle of the night, <clears throat> this Omnipod, I'm still getting used to it in good places where you can put it like on your body for like good absorption. And um, I had I had forgotten, I think, to clean my arm before I put this Omnipod site on. And it got, I think it's infected. <laughs> so in the middle of the night, I completely, like, it stopped giving me insulin. It was, I think it, it I don't know what happened, but um, I was, like, super high. I was, like, in the 300s, like, which is which is obviously not not good and not common for me. Um, and so I felt like I got hit by a train. And, like, I woke up this morning a few hours ago. I was just still dealing with this. And that's something where, you know, okay, well, what can I control? I can control the fact that I know now, I've learned that I have to make sure 100% that I clean the site with alcohol before putting it on, but what can I control? I can't control this, you know, mistake that I made, and so I need to let go. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but how do you just not let go and say, oh, like, forget about it, and you have to deal with it. So I'm 300. I want to figure out how to get my blood sugar down the fastest way. So I actually just took a shot because I think that's the fastest way, um, you know, to get your blood sugar down. Um, versus like a pump. So I just took a shot and I was drinking a ton of water and my blood sugar came down pretty quickly. Um, and that's because my blood sugar, my, my body's pretty insulin sensitive because of the amount of times that I work out. Uh, so I have, you know, if those times come, what can I control? What can I control? Not obsessing over I'm, a, I'm bad, I'm not perfect. You know, just kind of letting, learning to let that go. And that's a lot of what you learn in yoga. Um, and so my yoga journey has helped me a ton. You know, I can do, you know, all the fun poses that I post on Instagram, like the handstands, the arm balances, and that's all great. But if you're not applying the lessons that you learn 
while you know from yoga in your daily in your daily life, then it's you know what's it worth? Um, you know, you're not learning. No, and I to- I totally agree with you, and I think um, you know I want I want to dig a little bit deeper into kind of what you talk to when when you're dealing with other type ones from around the world. Um, and kind of helping them with that journey of self-acceptance like uh, you just something that you said a minute ago talking about you know you're having your high blood sugar in the night like um, you've heard that mantra right like pain is inevitable suffering is optional right so I'm gonna have you know I had I had a low blood sugar the other day where it didn't really make sense at all and it was I was like 30 in the middle of the day which like without without a there wasn't like a big bolus or anything in there I don't know what happened and I was like well I'm going to just treat this low and keep moving because I have no idea where it came from. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some days are going to be like that, like high, high and low blood sugars are inevitable. But, you know, beating ourselves up about them is, you know, is totally up within our own control. Mm-hmm. So when people are when, you, when you're working with people, um, you know, what are the things that you look for, you know, when you're working towards that sort of self-love, self-acceptance? Right. So <clears throat> first step is, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, first step is, is we need to figure out the things that we can control. So if you look at the things, you know, diabetes is tough because there's so many things that can affect your blood sugar numbers. There's, you know, from exercise to stress, to sickness, to being tired, not getting enough sleep, to basal rates, insulin to carb ratios, sensitivity factors, um, you know, exercise, all of these things are impacting your blood sugars and that number. Uh, and so the first thing is, is that, I, a lot of times, like I said, we go through life and we're just going really, really fast. I'm like, oh, I had a 30. Like, I don't know why at all. <clears throat> Let me just you know, move on. And then same thing for highs or, you know, whatnot. I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding. So the first step is, is to kind of slow. I slow down with my clients and I say, okay, step one is we're going to go back to what your doctor probably did with you when you first got diabetes, which is blood sugar logging. So I have these logs that I send out um, and they, they're kind of holistic approach where you integrate, um, you know, the food and the exercise and all those different things. And you're really logging a lot the first couple of weeks that we work together. And it's to certain to see what patterns we can find um, and what we can control. And we look at basal rates. We do basal testing and we're looking at how certain foods are affecting you, right? You know, it's no, no longer is it, and I hope that everybody is starting to realize this, that a carb is a carb, right? Different carbs affect your body differently. Different, you know, an apple might affect my body differently than your body. Um, you know, uh, fifteen carbs of white white bread is going to affect your body differently than fifteen carbs of beans, right? Beans have more fiber. They're they're lower glycemic. Um, so there's so much to it. It's so involved. But you, when you're logging and when you're taking the time to be mindful of it and reflect, and that's what our sessions do. In our sessions, we reflect a lot. Um, it's, it's saying, oh my gosh, well, that makes sense. Well, oh my gosh, I always thought my, my you know, I just went low at this time, but look, my basal rate is, is so off. Um, so that's the first thing. And then I guess at the same time and, you know, throughout the program, once those things are kind of like taken care of and they, you know, they decide I want to, they talk to their doctor and they want to make some changes with their basils or whatever it is, um, it comes more room to focus on the self-love and the acceptance. So, you control what you you can, and then we integrate more mindfulness things, more morning reflections, evening reflections, and this is where I guess the more holistic side comes in. So for me, I am a big, and this to some people might seem a little like like wishy washy, like oh, like 
I'm sure that works, but like I swear by it. Like every morning I kind of have like a morning ritual where I get up, um, I, you know, get to start before even starting my day and even getting to the gym, I kind of just do some breathing exercises and then I do some visualizations and use affirmations. So whatever I'm eating that day, I'll kind of do like a, you know, a mental take in and I'll, you know, just close my eyes. I'll do some breathing exercises, just maybe breathing in for five, exhaling for five, doing a few rounds of that. And then from there, I'll, you know, see what I need today. Like, am I, am I lacking like acceptance? Am I lacking um, focus? Am I lacking mindfulness? Like, what did I do yesterday that maybe I had high blood sugars from? Was it because I didn't test, you know, four for four hours and I, because I was running around. So maybe it was, I need to slow down more. Or maybe I was just like all over the place multitasking and I, you know, forgot to bolus correctly, whatever it is. So maybe I need more focus. So I would use the affirmation, I am focus. And I'd say that a bunch of times, even out loud, I'd say, I am focus, 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 I am focus until I believe it. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to visualize my day, visualize myself focused, visualize myself going through the day, doing one thing at a time. When I'm bolusing, I'm focusing on that. When I'm eating, I'm focusing on that. And when I'm having good blood sugar, and visualize myself having good blood sugars. And I promise you on the days that I do that, I mean, it's an, uh, an incredible, an incredible difference from the days that I just wake up on, you know, 10 minutes late and I'm rolling out of bed and I'm like, you know, going, brushing my teeth, running to the gym, and then you have a million things to do and I don't take the time to slow down in the morning time. Um, it's kind of like in yoga, We, I say, when you're trying to go into a handstand, you'll see people just like try a handstand and they'll like throw their hands down, like kick their legs up in the air, like try to get into it and then they get so frustrated. Oh my God, like why can't I get this? Why can't I get this? But then you look at, you know, how how instructors teach it or how, you know, you how you'd be more successful where like, Take a deep breath in, plant your hands, shift your gaze, bend your back knee, take an inhale and kick up slowly, just a little bit, and then each time kick up a little bit more. And you're going to have a lot more success when you start your day from a place of being grounded so you can move into a place of being grounded. And so when I speak about all the lessons, you know, in yoga that we learn, um, they that's one of them, like going slow, being mindful, being, you know, focused, concentrating all of those things that you take into your daily life. So setting your day up for success. I actually forgot what the question was that you asked. No, no, no. I, it was, it was no, great. It. And, and it's funny, like uh, it's very apropos for me personally. Um, really, in 2017, I've been working on uh, being more consistent with my morning routines. Um, and currently, I'm, this, is, this is actually will be day 50 uh, in a row of, my, of doing Headspace in the morning. So... Um, Headspace is a great app that uh, one of my friends turned me on to and it's like 10 minutes of guided meditation every morning Uh, couldn't recommend it more and it's something that you said um, you know really like the difference is in the days where I have my routine and I go and I check off all my little my boxes I go make my bed I do my meditation I have my coffee like I think about what's going on Uh, those days compared to the days where I'm like oh well I I slept 10 minutes too late I better get up and go um, are so different uh, and I'm just so much more collected um, and intentional and successful, I think, um, on the days where I you know, take that step back, take that time to really get moving, figure out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. Um, it it's makes a huge difference. Yes. I love that you use Headspace. Um, I think it's a great, great tool. You know, and whatever way, I always say, like, 
meditation is going to work different for everybody. So some people are going to thrive when they have a guided meditation. Some people are going to thrive, um, you know, whether it's just visualization, visualizing their day. Some people better with breathing exercises. Some people with affirmations. Um, you know, meditation I think is is different. It, you know, should be different for everybody and see what works for you best. Um, couldn't, but- couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, for it's interesting how many people I've run into since, you know, since I've started having these conversations about it, uh, that people are like, oh, well, I could never just sit there quietly and not do and, and you know, with my own thoughts. And that was me. You know, I, I tried meditation in the past. I try and I just, you know, on my own, I maybe made it like four days in a row before I like kind of got, you know, would something else would come up. But the guided really helps me and like, um, and, and, you know, quiets, it helps me quiet my mind that runs a million miles an hour all the time. And, uh, you know, taking 10 minutes, it's like, it seems like a big deal, but you know, then, you know, you just do it, get, get into your routine, start seeing the benefits. And I, you know, anyway, I go on and on all day about, you know, what meditation has done for me, but let's get back to you a little bit. Um, do you mind if we shift gears for a second? Cause I, I, ha- I want to touch yeah. on some, um, uh, some really like, I don't know, some athletic kind of questions with you as well. Let's do it. So uh, at seven years old, you're diagnosed. um, Mm -hmm. And I imagine that you had played soccer up to that point as well, correct? Yeah, I was in like, I guess, little league, if that's what they call it. I I don't know if that's what they call it. But when when you're younger, I had, yeah, since I was like four, I was playing. Right. So, you know, you definitely have that adjustment there. So I know I have a lot of type one parents that listen to the podcast. Okay. Um, so for someone who, um, you know, is, is dealing with a, a child who wants to play sports, wants to continue to be active, um, you know, what are some things, you know, as you're, you know, from growing from being like a, you know, a little league uh, or whatever the term may be in sports to taking it more seriously. And then, you know, to that point where you got like every decision you were making from an athletics perspective was to play division one sports. So, um, talk a little bit about that. And I want to like chime in a little bit as well, because I think it's something that parents worry about, but maybe you're afraid to ask at some, at some times. Yes. So I want to say first that I, I had very, my parents were amazing. Um, I really attribute, you know, my characteristics now and, you know, who I am as a person to, to them and how they helped me, obviously, as a, you know, when I was seven years old, how they geared me up to, you know, having a certain mindset. Um, I think that I have an athlete's mindset, you know, on the field, on the field, in the gym, you know, in the yoga studio, and as well, you know, in everyday life. And you have to have that athlete's mentality, um, that whole, like, if I'm down, all right, how am I going to get back up? Um, not getting, you know, not letting your diabetes get in the way of it. And it comes back, it comes full circle to what I was talking about before, which is just, you have to obviously take more precautions, but at the same time, like, don't let it stop you from doing anything that you want to do. Um, you're obviously at a disadvantage when you're playing, especially with division one athletes. I mean, when I got, when I got to, you know, August preseason, I went to the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, the whole entire summer before that, I had trained harder and had managed my blood sugars better than I ever had, you know, really. I mean, it was because I knew I'm going to be at a disadvantage here. I want to make sure that my blood sugars are perfect because when your blood sugars, even for me, when my blood sugar is over like 180, my legs like feel heavier. Like I don't feel I don't feel as like, you know, fast and as, you know, quick as I would if my blood sugars were in range. And even if you're on like, it's, you know, it's hard. I have, um, I have a few clients now that 
are, you know, young teenagers and they, you know, dance and do gymnastics and, and when they're at tournaments and volleyball also and when they're at tournaments away, it's like the night before everybody's in the room, you know, eating Twizzlers and eating all these things and how do you, you know, balance being a kid and letting them, you know, enjoy life but also like helping them have good blood sugars so that they're, you know, not, you know, all crazy the next day and you have to get pulled out of the game and, and all of that because that's, you know, then that, that reminds you, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough as everybody else on the field or I'm not perfect or I can never play, you know, Division One soccer or be a professional athlete because, um, because I'm, you know, not normal or whatever it is. And I think that age gap of when you're a child into teenage years is so, so, so important to not make somebody or your child or make them, you know, see that they're different or that they can't do anything or feel like they're not perfect. Um, even though they're constantly being told, you know, when you see a number, it's like your blood sugar number, it's like seeing a grade, like on a report card. It's like, did you get an A, a B, a C, or a D? Um, and it's very reminding, you're, you're reminded of that, you know, seven, ten times a day when you test your blood sugar. But I guess for parents, my biggest advice would probably be is to let them to let them be a kid, right? But also to give them a little bit res more responsibility. Um, for me, I was I mean, right when I was diagnosed, my parents were very very pro like me doing everything because they wanted me to take responsibility for it. And I think that helped me realize that like oh shoot, like if my blood sugar is high or low, like this is something that maybe you know I this is kind of. In, in my court here and my parents are giving me this responsibility like they told me to test and I didn't test before the game or you know whatnot this is me and I have to do better next time um, and so I think that was for me something that helped but I think it's like the struggle between you know being a kid and getting them geared up to have the best blood sugars that they possibly can um, so that they can you know play their best and also you know on the field when they're being scouted for college and whatnot yeah, and I think, you know, I, I love taking responsibility piece um, because that's, you know, ultimately, and I, th and I think part of being an athlete as well is like listening to your body and like that's a huge part of being a, a type 1 diabetic as well is like you have to know yourself so well and mm. um, I loved what you said about, you know, training and preparing because you're at a disadvantage. Like part of that too is like that mindfulness again, like, Hey, how do I feel? What's going on? Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm not playing well, do I need to look at why, if my legs are tired, do I need to figure out, Hey, do I need to step out and test for a second? And I think like having confidence uh, in doing that and making those decisions, especially, you know, around coaches who are like your, um, you know, you're, they're in charge of you, like they're, and like they're your authority figure. And you have to sort of say and, you know, make that stand sometimes like, hey, I need to check and figure out what's going on here. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a big step for, for people, especially for kids. Um, you know, you have to say, hey, like I'm, I, I trust my instincts. And I trust that I don't feel the way I should feel. Um, and I need to figure this out. Yeah, of course. And I think it, of course, depends, like, you know, on age and, you know, what, how young they are. But I think for me, I, I was never, I was never really afraid. I'm not an afraid of, of a fearful person. And so I was, I was just like, I'm a soccer fan. Like I was, everybody would say like, you're a bull or, and like, you're a go, like you're a goer, you're a doer. And I was not going to let diabetes get in the way of this. So like I said, like, and what I come back to, like even I guess this kind of my parents kind of instilled this in me, but it was like 
diabetes, there's so much you can't control, but like being mindful and taking a step back and being like, okay, well, like how can I mess with my temp basal rates during this? Let's try this, this game and the next game, maybe, you know, a little bit differently. Um, I think that the more control that you have over your blood sugar numbers is really like the key and taking that a step back is like the more patterns you can find within your blood sugar numbers um, between food and exercise and stress and all of those things and writing things down. I'm a huge, huge fan of like writing things down because when you see it on paper, like sometimes it's easier to reflect on and it's it seems like it's a little bit more in your control. Have you um, sort of in that vein, um, give me an example of something that like uh, maybe maybe not with you specifically, but with the client, like where writing something down and sort of documenting that opened up um, a new opportunity or a new solution for you? Oh my gosh, like literally every every session. Um, let me think. I should like pull up some client session. I want to say, like let's take this week. Okay, so um, Heidi, she's been working with me. She was in my six-month program and then she signed up for another six months and I'm going to be so sad when we have to part because we've created such a great bond and a great flow um, of making, of her having so much progress. But so a lot of times it's like she'll we'll start the session and I always say like okay like Heidi like how are things how are things going and and she'll the first thing out of people's mouth mouths are usually the the thing that's on their mind the most and so for her she was like oh like I have no idea why um, you know my blood sugars have been so good and I was like well let's look at it. And so we look back at her logs and we're really seeing like great patterns, great, 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 great numbers, not a lot of highs. And we're talking and then we realized that two weeks ago, like the difference between the two weeks, you know, sessions, her two weeks ago was not, you know, not very good, her last two weeks. And so I'm saying, okay, well, what's different? What do you think is different um, between these two weeks? And she's saying, all right, well, let me look at the dates. Let me look at what happened. And so we're looking at the dates and we're talking. And she realizes that she was, she's from London, but she lives in New York. And so when she was living in New York, um, she goes back and forth. And when she was here in New York for the two weeks and she wasn't working, her blood sugars were worse. And the reason for that was she felt like she was like eating more. There's so much food out and all the parties and, you know, things like that with friends. And she's not, you know, working because she doesn't have, um, you know, she can't, she's not allowed to work here. Then when she went back to, um, back to London and when I was Skyping with her, she was like, I'm in this flow of, I can tell, like I'm testing at this time, I'm testing at this time, I'm doing this, I'm giving, I'm pre-bullicing it's because she's in her, her back in her routine with work. So for her, it was just realizing how important routine is for her. Um, and so when she comes back to New York the next time, Basically, like we talk a lot about, like how we can stick to you know a schedule, um, and how we can you know remember when you're snacking or when you're out and you're doing all these things. How can we how can we you know keep your blood sugar numbers good while still enjoying a fun time? But but looking back to that, like obviously that routine you know does well for you. And like it's so funny because probably hearing this is like oh it's so obvious. Like she was in routine in London with her work schedule and everything. She does the same thing every day. She walks four miles to work. Then she, you know, she works and her blood insulin sensitivity is better. And then when she's here, she's not really working out as much or da 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 It seems obvious. But for her, it was like, I have no idea. Like, because most people don't think an environment change can be, can be something that is, um, or like for her, her work was something that is actually very, very good for her. 
Um, so that's just like a small example, the first thing that came to my mind because we had just Skyped a few days ago, but I mean it happens you know, all the time. Writing things down is, is just having logs are just crucial. It is, and I think, like like you mentioned, to her, it wasn't as obvious, right? Like, it wasn't, uh, you needed somebody else to look at it and, and ask the right questions, I think. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, like, you know, in terms of necessarily, like, a coach or whether it's a parent or your doctor, like, having somebody else to look at that because, you know, I always think of, like, the de- detective's curse, right? Um, the answer is, like, right in front of your nose all along, but you can't see it because you've been looking at it for so long. Um and, you know, so sometimes like a fresh set of eyes or a, uh, you know, just somebody to help you keep you accountable or just to, you know, just to open up about it, I think is always, uh, always beneficial, always very helpful. Yes, for sure. Okay, so uh, I want to I want to shift gears uh, again. So now we're, um, you know, as we, you know, kind of there's so much to cover uh, with you. Obviously, you're doing amazing things. I want to I want to focus on like the type one community and um you know, so your involvement there and just like the things that in um, conversations that you hear happening that give you kind of hope and, and that you're excited about, um, you know, what are the, what is Lauren excited about from the type one community here in the next few years? Well, I think that, and I don't know what, what exactly what answer you're looking, if you're looking for like a specific answer, <laughs> an answer. No, no, I, no, not at all. Or if it's from me, me specifically, mm-hmm. um, I think, or what I hope, what I hope I can give to the Type One community, would that be okay to answer it that of way? Of course, yeah. I, and I think I'm really just looking for, yeah, like you said, for your perspective, um, and you know, things that you're hopeful for, or, or things that you know that you get excited about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so really, for me, what I what I get excited about is when I see that. I can give people the space to take control back from their diabetes. So I come, a lot of people come to me on day one and they are down and they're like just in this diabetes burnout or just like can't figure it out and the parents are exhausted because they're waking up 10 times in the middle of the night and it's just like their life is so like, you know, chaotic because of this, because diabetes is so, wants to control every aspect of you. Um, and then you like look back by the end and they hit every single one of their goals throughout the program and their whole lives are changed. I mean, I get messages and emails from clients that I ended with, you know, a year ago and just telling me how thankful they were and, you know, all of this, all of these things. And I don't look at my, I look at myself as almost like a, as a, just as I am as a yoga instructor, just as a guide, I'm guiding you in the direction that you know intuitively the answers that are, that, that you need for your, for, for you to succeed. Um, and so I hope that we can, I can touch as many diabetics as possible in the entire country, um, to the entire world, because I think that the approach of integrative nutrition um, is so, so, so important. And if you think about it, like I work with clients in like a three or six month setting, like compared to your whole lifetime, like that is not a long time to see the progress that, you know, my clients see. And so if you just can, if you can just dedicate like a small amount of your time and see this magnificent, magnificent changes, um, like your, your whole life can be, you can take back control of your life. And so I want to be able to give that on a bigger, on a, on an easier scale, I guess. And I'm working, that's not something I'm working on is how can I, because obviously I can't work with every single person one-on-one. How can I scale this, whether it's doing big events, doing a country tour or something like that with, um, you know, yoga and mindfulness and, and nutrition and talking about, you know, all of these things that we talked about today um, and, and getting people 
in the mindset that they're not the victim um, and that if they make the decision to conquer, that they can. Um, and so I'm hoping that the direction of the t- diabetes becomes that we are not the victim and that we are in control. Um, and I'm seeing more about more of that in the community as everybody is bonding together, like beyond type one, for instance, they're doing a great job, um, on their online platform here, bringing everybody's stories together and bringing everybody together to be able to relate with each other and having that unity. And I love what they're doing. Um, and so I want to, but what I want to add to that is bringing a community together, bringing people together, people with diabetes together but specifically to show them that they are not the victim, that their mental health is as important as, and their physical health is as important as their just blood sugars, blood, blood sugars and alone, because if everything else is off, it's going to rock the whole boat. Um, and just, you know, showing people that it's possible. It's possible to feel incredible. And that's how your body is designed to feel. We're, go goes back to what we started. We have one body, one mind, one spirit. That's all you get. And so let's do it right. Let's, let's feel good and, and, and take control. No, I think that's, that's super powerful. Right. And, um, you know, I always ask, um, my, my guests, what's the, what's the one thing you would tell somebody, uh, who was just diagnosed. And I think like, I would just, if I had that recorded, which I do, I would just play that exact, that speech right back for him that you, that, that you just went through. It's like, you can be in control. Um, you know, you can feel good, you can live, uh, and do whatever you want as long as you take responsibility and and really prepare and treat yourself right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I know you had, I didn't get to listen to the podcast yet, but, um, I know you had Rebecca, Rebecca on the podcast and she's actually one of my clients. Um, and she's, she's in New Zealand, but she's incredible. She's just a beautiful soul. But, um, we're, you know, we're doing that with her. We, she's on her, I think, third, only third session with me, second or third session with me. And so that's exactly what we're doing is we're talking a lot, a lot about um, that she feels like she's a victim, right, that she's out of control. But, um, you know, how can we, how can we look at what, what you're not, what, what she's not doing and, in, and, and fix the things that, can con- that she can control while working on, you know, the other aspects of her life and, you know, so she could be the happiest, healthiest person as she can be because she's a radiating soul and I want her to radiate 24-7. Um, she, she's amazing and uh, that's Rebecca Ryan and her, yes. her episode actually will go live this week. So uh, for us, we're recording, uh, obviously like I have re- – my uh, recordings that are like already done and ready to be published. And then, uh, so as really this, she's the next episode that goes live. So I'm really excited for, oh, her, for people to hear her interview. She's an amazing person. And like you said, just like a silly, fun, soul, uh, very, <laughs> yes. very, very cool person. Yes. So, uh, so Lauren, um, wow. Thank you for your time. I think first of all, it was, it was amazing to get to meet you. I'd love to, um, to connect everybody with you. So like where, where can our guests find you online uh, or on Instagram or, or social media? So that if they have any questions, they can reach out. Yeah, of course. So my Instagram handle is my, is my name. So it's Lauren underscore Bongiorno, um, L-A-U-R-E-N underscore B-O-N-G-I-O-R-N-O. And then my website is uh, com. So I have those, those two ways that you can connect with me. Send me an email, um, you know, send me a message on Instagram. If you're, you know, in New York ever, 
definitely message me. We'll go to a yoga class. We'll get some yummy, delicious food. And I love meeting. I love meeting people. I love connecting and hearing your story. Um, I just love hearing people's stories. I think we all are so unique and our story is our power. Um, and so, yeah, you can find me there. Perfect. And we'll include all the links, uh, in the show notes as well. So, um, Lauren, thank you so much for coming, uh, coming on the show. Uh, next time I'm in New York, I'm definitely going to look you up. So, um, yeah, let's just be ready to show me whatever pizza spots that, uh, are good for after yoga. That's, that's, that's <laughs> my, um, that's, no, we'll go get green juices and acai per- bowls. <laughs> perfect. Hey, I'm fine with that as well. That's so. Like, so, so I say that there's health food and then there's soul food. So, one time in my life, I was all soul food. I was all pizza and chicken parm and all of those things. And the other side, I was just health food, which was kale and just salads 24-7. And now you got to have – I have a balance of both. So you have your health food the majority of the time. That's what fuels your body. That's what nourishes your body. And then you have time for the times you're out with your family or your boyfriends or your girlfriends and, and you're enjoying life and you have your soul food. And that's when we'll go get pizza. So maybe it'll be a soul food day when you come. Maybe so, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like – in right in the middle of my sixth whole thirty right now, so my soul is speaking speaking pizza to me right now. I can just hear it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we gotta come to New York for that. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right. That's all right. Well, thanks, Lauren. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. I'm going to try a new thing. I'm going to start sending out a Friday newsletter with just my thoughts for the week and some questions that you guys have asked either on social media or that you emailed me. So if you want to do that, just subscribe on the website, diabeticsdoingthings.com. See you again next time.